Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, he's looking pretty good tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I am better than great. I am superb. I was going to say, do you want to do the whole, uh, what was it, trading places? Looking good, Paul. <laughs> and then he goes, feeling good, Greg, or whatever. Uh, Not the same character names, but I just switched it to us. Okay, that because if you call me something else, I wouldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? I guess so. Let's try it out. I... <laughs> Pasquale. Hola. That's not Italian. That's not Italian. I was not Italian. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Buenos noches. <laughs> hey, speaking yeah. of Buenos noches. <laughs> uh, did you like that? I figured that would catch your attention. This is a great segue. Um, so I'm feeling good. A little bit sad. A little bit sad. happy. So yes. just finished watching the Jerry Remy tribute and tastefully done. Um, you know, it, he is the Red Sox, face of the Red Sox Nation. He's the president of the Red Sox Nation. Was a player. I guess he played uh, for the Angels for two years before he came to the Red Sox. But talk about a guy that loved his city, loved his team, and worked hard. Um, great tribute, and it was it was touching, really touching. Yes. For those that don't know or that are not avid Red Sox fans like Paul and I are, and also lived in Massachusetts, Jerry Remy was the sports broadcaster for the Red Sox on their. Uh, like region wide, I would yeah. say regional network, New Nesson, network, New England Sports Network. Um, he did it for 40 years. He passed away after many different bouts of cancer. He finally, uh, I don't, I don't ever like to say lost his battle. Uh, there was a draw. He succumbed. Yeah, there was yeah. a draw, as uh, Norm McDonald I think used to say about cancer. He goes, nobody wins or loses, both at the same time die. Yeah, that's. <laughs> He's like, the cancer doesn't win. It just dies out with you what so a moment it, it was though, a draw he, he threw out the first ball at that uh last yankees game. red sox playoff yeah. game uh the wild card playoff game yes he came out and for that many of us didn't realize it would be the last time we'd see jerry remy but what a moment to have that people can hold on to forever of him being there and yes they did a tribute tonight before the red sox toronto blue jays game and lots of old teammates came out uh you had Kari stremsky bob stanley uh Jerry, uh, not Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jerry Rice. Jim Rice. <laughs> Jim Rice. Fred Listen, Lynn. very similar. Uh, <laughs> Dwight, Dwight Evans. Evans. It was, you know, um, and, you and think Eckersley. The people he played with and, and, and people he worked with in the broadcasting booth yeah. um, and also throughout the network. So a lot of different people came out. Obviously, his wife, his two kids, um, and his grandchild were there. So just nice tribute uh, 30 minutes before the game. If you watched Red Sox for a long time through Nesson, definitely probably brought a tear to your eye. And yeah, it was just a nice, well-done tribute. It's one of those, he, he's a broadcaster, but like they said, he was somebody that, you know, during the summer, his voice was heard in your homes every night if you watched a lot of Red Sox games. You know what? It it, it, it just felt good. It felt but like, base, and, and to not have him, it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's weird. People always knew like different bouts. He always ended up coming back and it would be a big deal when he came back. And so it's odd knowing that that won't happen again. Yeah. He didn't but, do a lot of away games in the last season and you just, you know, you prayed for him that he'd be beat it one more time and finally he succumbed, but boy, what a fight. Yep. Uh, so it was a great tribute to the Rem dog as he was nicknamed and yeah. And as we said, the last time we saw him was against the Yankees. And that brings us to our next topic, which is, Paul, I hey, think the Yankees were bamboozled. Could you give me a million dollars every time I go to work? Uh, you probably perform better than the guy that they do give a million dollars to every time he goes to work. I might last all day. <laughs> well, well, Not the whole game. Oh, oh, last all day. At work. <laughs> right in the gutter but anyway i might get past my morning snack and my lunch and make it all the way to the listen end i'm not day. saying i can pitch in major league baseball but i can do what garrett cole has done since opening day which is have my routine messed up go out there and give up a bunch of runs and not throw many strikes well it's always somebody else's fault it isn't his they, i'm the sure it is it was delayed the game was up 
Well, you know what happened last night against Detroit? It was the fact that his team just had the audacity to go out in the top of the first inning since they were the away team and score a few runs for him. If why they do that? He he had it set to a time of what they needed to get in and out of of the first inning so he would pitch a perfect game. They didn't do that. They instead decided to score him some dumb runs and just throw everything off. And after that, it was all a train wreck for 1.2 innings. 1.2 innings and threw 68 pitches. They took, uh, what's his name, out of the game? <laughs> He'd thrown 66 pitches. Yeah. And Kershaw had game. seven innings yeah. of like 70 <laughs> pitches. And they were like, oh, oh my you God. know what? Yeah, I'll take you out. Well, but, good thing Garrett wasn't in that game. My goodness. Garrett Cole, it might go down as one of the worst contracts if he continues down this path ever for the Yankees. Yeah, he looked great up until... Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. The rule change that MLB imposed last year where pitchers cannot use any sort of lotions or spider tack or anything like that on their hands to help with their pitches. Ever since then, Garrett Cole has not looked like the Garrett Cole that was very dominant for a few years. I wonder if he was using stickum. <laughs> oh, we knew he was using stickum. It was just <laughs> didn't realize how much it really helped him. And obviously, he's like he has made the excuses of, you know, it takes a while to adjust and things like that. But since opening day this year, he has just made excuse after excuse. I don't know if he made one last night, but my my goodness, the fact that he can only go 1.2 innings, he is your ace. He is supposed to be your number one guy getting paid $1 million on average per start because I think his contract's like $34, $35 million a year with what the Yankees gave him. So for a starting pitcher, that averages, if you are a good starting pitcher, 35 starts a year. And by So $1 million dollars a start. Yeah, it's all guaranteed. So he doesn't for, uh, I still think two hundred and eighty something million. So at least, at least north of two hundred and fifty million. Is that for like the rest being of his contract? Man, you can be wrong and still get paid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in Garrett Cole's case, exactly. It's just it's bonkers. I think the funniest thing that came out of the whole last night going going one point two innings. Not only was the fact that like all of social media was just getting on the fact that like Yankee fans united with every other non-Yankee fans and just completely making fun of him of how bad it is. But also the Los Angeles Angels broadcast, I believe, was also had a sheet pulled over their heads when somebody came up with the fake story of oh. <laughs> have you you've seen the office, right, Paul? Yeah. Do you remember the famous episode of scott's tots where michael scott promises to pay for the college degrees of like a classroom of kids from a school if they all achieve a certain like grade point average or something like that or they just graduate and they all go to graduate and it's time for him to give his the money for them to go and he's like i don't have it but i got you laptop batteries and it's like a very <laughs> awkward thing because he lets them celebrate him and all of this throughout the whole episode until the end. It's just one of those very cringe episodes of TV ever. <laughs> so I forget who it was. The New York Post's not, I don't, maybe it wasn't New York Post, but like some kind of like spoof uh, sports um, group took that idea and ran with it with Garrett Cole saying that Garrett Cole had promised to buy 600 MacBooks for underprivileged like kids and schools if he lasted longer than 1.2 innings. So the joke was that he didn't, and therefore he's not buying these MacBooks for these kids. Well, somehow the Angels broadcast people saw this story and just ran with it and thought it was legitimate for a little bit of time. And that might be the greatest thing ever. That was not an April Fool's joke on April Fool's that they just hook, line, and sinker were like, I can't believe he made this promise. And then he got pulled in 1.2 innings. Terrible. Terrible. Oh. Yeah, Garrett Cole is terrible. You're right. He's just a terrible human being. What is... I don't think he's a nice person also well, from what like reports are. If he's, if he's in a slump, boy, I don't know if he's in a slump. I think, is there a, is there a level below slump? Listen, I don't know if I can say you're a good person if you're ye yelling at Billy Crystal to throw out the first pitch faster. I just don't know if I can think you're a good person because that that alone might just, you know. That damn Billy Crystal. If he wasn't might, famous, he wouldn't have kept that ball game delayed and he would have been able to pitch a perfect game. That might be what, you know, kind of does it for me where I'm like, you know what? You might be a terrible person if you're yelling at Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. But yeah, Garrett Cole has gotten his fair share of basically 
getting beaten on. And we just wanted to add to it because Garrett Cole, you stink. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for his next start. If I if it's in New York and he does so bad, he is gonna get he's gonna get booed out of the building. There are right. Yankee fans in Detroit that were booing him at the game. <laughs> just well, I, I five I, walks, Paul. He threw I imagine he, he got standing ovations from well, the Tigers didn't even win. That's even the worst thing. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Do you know why they didn't probably win? Because with the bases loaded, two-out infield pop-up, the pitcher decided to willy maze it and to stick his glove out nonchalantly and hit his glove and fell out. And two runs ran across the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that Garrett Cole was so bad, he nice. got pulled before two innings were over. The Yankees bullpen then shut out the Tigers. I think the rest of the night. So, oh my goodness, Gary Cole, you're just so bad. Uh, besides that, though, let's talk about some other things around Major League Baseball because there are a few things um, just to highlight really quick. The first one being Freddie Freeman in his tenure with the Dodgers so far had not hit a home run. Uh, you were like, hey, oh, kind of weird. Uh-oh. What happened to him? Well, what happened is Was uh, he I get, apparently, he, you know, I think sometimes the baseball guys just know the right moment to let something happen. And so the Atlanta Braves came to town, Freddie facing off against his former team for the first time. First Spent, pitch? I don't know if it was first pitch. First at bat. First, first at, bat. at bat against his former team. He cranks his first home run as a Dodger. So monkey's off his back. He gets a little revenge on his old team. Not that I don't think there's much animosity between the two. He, he oh. actually, he said, hey, I love, I love the Braves. Well, he should. He spent his but whole career there. Winning. <laughs> With the Dodgers, yeah, but they didn't. (laughs) Um, But so kind of one of those funny things. The other part of that game that I found interesting is to close the game out. Freddie Freeman also lost the game to his former team, and it was against the former Dodger closer, um, Jansen, who left the Dodgers after his whole career with them to go to Atlanta (laughs) this offseason. So it was a lot of, uh, you know, alley-oop. (laughs) <laughs> crisscrossing of players that have spent their careers that have had great success with those former franchises doing their own th- types of damage to them. So it's kind of a unique situations there. Besides that, the other thing of note to talk about is the fact that the Oakland athletics announced the other night, their fan attendance was just over 3000 people. Now, when you think about that, you must think, wow, Nobody cares about the Oakland A's. However, there's a story behind the story, Greg. There is always a story behind the story, Paul. And it's not like Tampa Bay where I think this, the fans don't care about the Tampa Bay Rays <laughs> until they're like, hey, you want 100 plus games? Cool. I guess we'll show up for the playoffs. <laughs> um, because to put it, when you think about it, the, Bra- the Rays announced this year that they had a sold out home opener. What they didn't tell everybody was they closed off the top part of Tropicana Fields. So they had about... <laughs> like 5,000 less seats to sell. There you go. <laughs> That's how they can do that. <laughs> um, but the Oakland A's had about 3,000 fans. And the thing is, I have I know a few Oakland A's fans. I know there's a lot out there. They're a very diehard fan base from what I've seen throughout the years. Um, from what it sounds like, though, Oakland A fans are kind of, in a sense, protesting, not the team, but the owner. So... The Oakland A's are a franchise that used to be was the whole purpose of Moneyball with Billy being there before he left a few years ago. You know, don't have a big payroll, but have great success. They've always ended up having very good pitching and very good players. For example, this year alone, they got rid of Matt Olson, uh, Matt Chapman, a bunch of pitchers that are starting top caliber pitchers. And they just basically traded away for farm system pieces and just very low salary type guys. And the reason is their owner is a cheap um, part of my French bastard. Um, it just always has been. He has always basically said, oh, we have a good player. We have to get rid of him because I can't afford to play him. Now, mind you, he is an owner of a major league baseball team. He's not poor. He, he has money. I know you have to have money because I don't think you're able to own a baseball team and do everything you need to unless you have said money. So do you think, Greg, that if the fans aren't going to watch the game, maybe the advertisers aren't going to spend the money and pay the owner? 
Yeah. Is, is uh, that how that works? Essentially. And uh, just to put it in perspective, so the owner, I couldn't remember his name. That's why I hadn't said it yet, is um, Robert uh, J. No, not Robert. John J. Fisher. Robert's his brother. Uh, he's the majority owner of the Oakland A's and the San Jose Earthquakes. He has an estimated net worth back in 2015, at least when you look it up, of $2.4 billion. Uh, and back in 2018, it was around $2.8 billion. So the man has money. And you just you just don't understand why is he not putting it into the team? It makes zero sense. And the fans are sick of it. The fans are sick of seeing guys that they are going to have being paid on their team that are like getting paid nothing. They want their stars to stay. Imagine being a player for the Oakland A's or a fan of the Oakland A's and you love Matt Olson. He's a top five first baseman in the league. He is very talented. He's still young. You get his jersey. You basically are like, all right, two years later, he's going to be gone. Like, why are you going to invest in merchandise and player jerseys, any of these things, when you know for a fact the team is just going to get rid of them shortly after? So this year, their payroll is $53 million. Next year, it's only projected at $30 million. So they're not spending a lot. Their highest paid player is $7.5 million. Now, I get it. That's not chump change. But at the same time, it's the second lowest payroll into all of baseball. And it's consistently in the bottom five. Got to spend it to make it. You got to spend it. I I, I don't believe in that stupid money, the 400 million and all that. That's that's crazy money. But trying to be in the middle of the pack. How about you support your team you own to support the fan base who support the advertisers. I just don't understand it. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not only just that. This is somebody that wants a new stadium. They want funding from the town to fund a new stadium. Why are they going to give you $800 million in taxpayer money or whatever it's going to cost to build the stadium if you're not willing to put the investment into your own team? Like, why are they going to invest in you to get this nice, fancy new stadium If you're not willing to just do the simple fact of, hey, we have like an actual talented roster. Let's build on that and add a few pieces. We're not going to be spending like a huge, we're not getting into the $200 million payroll range like the Yankees and Red Sox, but let's be like at least like 125, 130, 140 range where we can have a few bigger named players that are solid. And then we can find the value in other places that, you know, bullpen some back-end starting pitching guys like that but keep the talent that you have that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg every year i get it you're not going to sign a carlos correa 35 million dollar guy because that's almost that's 15 million dollars less than what your payroll is imagine getting drafted by them Right. Well, it's just like, well, I got to don't don't make any long term financial commitments. But hey, I guess at the same time, you get drafted by them. You might be like, hey, my road to the bigs is a lot easier if they keep trading all away. Those guys. Yeah, that's true. So you got to think about that way, too. But yeah, so the attendance is poor, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that fans are just kind of sick of it. I've seen that stadium packed. I've seen it have a full crowd for it. And it's an awesome atmosphere. And I get they want a new stadium. The fans deserve a new stadium because the Coliseum is kind of a piece of junk. I mean, the Raiders moved for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't getting a new one there. They they want something that's not going to maybe, you know, cause people to get injured if they slide because there's concrete right underneath it. It's just not a great stadium. Yep. But yeah, the fans, they're tired of it. I get it. I understand. I'd be tired of it too. We're mad at the Red Sox if they don't go and sign those 20-something million dollar contracts. You don't get a work. Well, you get a storied stadium. There's no more storied ballpark than Fenway. Yeah, God, it is awful to sit there and watch a game, but hey, it's great. It's great too. In the same it looks great for 110 years old. Right? I hope looks I look pre- that good at 110. They keep adding on. I I've, I've lost a little, but yeah. How do you sure. Yeah. I'm sure you will look really good when you're 110. <laughs> Well, you know, it might be time for the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the 
already having the skin tight and cremation. It might be hard to look any better than that. <laughs> uh, I'm staying. I'm staying on the up and up this week. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not, I'll, I'm not yeah, going sure. down any. I'll be road. the guy that says at one ten. I don't, you know, expect you to be, you know, kicking. Yeah. Let's say. <laughs> Won't be too hard to put the bill my, on. My over under is at one hundred and five. Sorry, you might be able to scotch tape my mouth closed, and I might choke to death. <clears throat> oh, well, that, that that's a very drastic. Quick, that feels like um some How serial killer. Oh, I shouldn't have said that name, Brand. Uh, sorry. <laughs> there, there goes another sponsor. There goes another sponsor. Damn, I can't believe you. And there's a deep left uh, drive in the left field by Castellanos. <laughs> oh. Yeah, thank you, Paul. You consider yourself a man of faith and all those things, and then you talk about throwing out brand names and scotch tape. Ah, oh, terrible. Oh, can't believe you. All right. Besides that, the last thing to talk about in the world of baseball is happening actually in the minor leagues, and that would be what is happening there with in terms of a pitch clock. So I saw this. A report came out today that says minor league games using a pitch clock are clocking in at 20 minutes faster on average this year than most games or whatever the average baseball time is. A lot of the games are finishing in that two and a half, two hours and 40 minute range compared to the three plus hours that a lot of major league baseball games take. And the only difference is the pitch clock is if there is no batter on, you get 14 seconds on the pitch clock from start to I'm guessing when the batter steps into the box to get your pitch and throw. And then when there is a batter on, you get 18 seconds. So you get another four seconds added on. It doesn't seem, it seems like a lot of time, but it doesn't seem like a lot of time in some ways. But yeah, it's taking time off. Doesn't seem like many minor league pitchers have an issue with this. Uh, the number one draft pick by the Pirates last year, who's a catcher, actually said it has made baseball a lot more fun. It's the most fun he's having playing baseball in a long time because the game is consistent, like constant and keeps going and keeps progressing. Do you I don't get that see 14 seconds. Do you get that 18 seconds or other? You can throw the pickoff to first, right? Uh, yeah, no, resets like if you yeah, pick off and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, at least I would believe so. Yeah, you can't know it. Mean, that would be, <laughs> that'd be weird. Give me the ball quick, quick, quick. <laughs> They're gonna call the ball. Hell, on me. the first baseman might be pitching. <laughs> uh, there's no potential pickoff attempts because of this. That would be a major issue with the rule. But yeah, I feel like it's enough time 14 seconds, and then plus, especially now with the newest part of baseball where the catcher can press a thing on his um, arm and it translates to the pitcher of what pitch they're saying to throw. That's only taking a second or two instead of all the, you know, finger movements to try to confuse the guys on base. So I don't see why that won't work. Well, how long have they been talking into quarterbacks helmets? Oh, they've been talking into quarterbacks helmets for super long. And do you think anybody in baseball ever would have thought, Hey, I have an idea. Well, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact of up until recently, you have a giant helmet that goes on a football player's head that you can stuff a thing into finding us. Yeah. But putting that on a baseball player is a lot different. It's something Mm -hmm. that's inside the cap. So they had to wait kind of for also technology to catch up and, be able is that to do thing on his bit. hand shaped like a garbage can? <laughs> no, it's a tiny little thing. It's just a wristband. It just has yeah. little buttons on it. They showed like it during it. one of the Sunday night games. I love that. And so, I love I love the clock. And here's an idea. The pitchers, you know, without the, the lotion and the sticky, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Here's an idea. You have a one-year notice. Practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It wouldn't be instated into baseball until next year, I believe. Yep. So they have the time but i don't think it's a bad thing anything not that i want baseball games to be over quicker but i think the added constant kind of play of the game will help also with fan engagement because when you have some of these guys that take the full i think it's at 30 seconds right now when you have the guys that take the full 30 seconds and taking their time and they have the long process between each pitch Fans going to get disengaged. They start looking at their phone and all these things. If you have a guy that's constantly getting up there, getting ready to pitch and throwing within the first 10 seconds, people are going to pay attention because they don't want to miss something. Garrett Whitlock for the Red Sox last night in his, uh, or two nights ago at this point against the Blue Jays, when he came into the ninth to save the game threw like 10 pitches and got three outs. And I think he was only on the mound for like two minutes total. 
because that's just how quick he he gets his sign he goes he doesn't take long he gets the signal he's on the rubber he starts his windup like it's a bang bang type thing but it keeps you watching because you don't want to miss the pitch because you know how fast it's coming but i'm thinking about the clock again what if the batter steps out well it starts again because it's timeout called yeah because i'm just thinking about those lengthy red sox yankees games that you know the longest in history perfectly contend with those (laughs) luckily (laughs) at least that would be the hope but besides that paul uh yeah i think it's a good good aspect to have for the game i think it's time for the game to embrace a quicker pitch clock than what it has if there's a player if there's a pitcher that really just needs all that time he needs to be worked with to speed up his process because if that's the case, he's just a mental head case that has too many little OCD type things that he has to do before he throws a baseball. That's probably 50% of them out there. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean the head case piece, a lot of head cases. (laughs) All right. So besides that, Paul, we're going to take a quick break before we get into some NBA talk. Uh, We got a few different things to touch on mainly some, on the court things and some injury concerns before we wrap up the show with a little bit of NFL talk, because it seems like there's always something in NFL, but before we get to any of that, if you're going to bet on the NBA playoffs, there's no better place than bet us. So here's a quick word from them. Play ball. Bet us has all your gambling needs. Make sure you check them out today. When you do use promo code 12 ounce, that's one, two, Ozzy, BetUS is America's favorite gambling site. That's not stop me. That's guaranteed what everybody thinks. Go to BetUS to make all your gambling plays on sports and casino games, whatever you're into. Go check them out. BetUS. Use promo code 12OUNCE to get a special deal helping us and helping you today. Always remember, gamble responsibly. Play ball. That is right. Always remember to gamble responsibly. We are back and NBA playoffs are in full swing. We have plenty of series that are 1-1 and some that are 2-0. Right now, we have games as we are recording, such as Brooklyn and Boston, who are in the middle of it at halftime at 65-55. So who knows who will win that? Uh, Boston won in dramatic fashion in game one with Jason Tatum hitting a spin move layup pass from Marcus Smart off the glass with time running out to win the game by one. That game though, Paul had a lot more than just a dramatic ending. It had a few birds fly into the arena. Tell me more. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, lovable Kyrie, everybody in Boston loves him. He is a fan favorite of anytime he comes to town. He left on great terms when he was, after he left the Celtics. Just fantastic. Has never had a bad word to say about the city, and the city has never felt anything bad towards him. And obviously, if you can't tell by listening, this is all complete garbage and BS. Uh, they all hate each other's guts. And it's just plain as day. And it's not, you know, don't go into the, well, you know, it's Boston and Kyrie, and you know how Boston fans are about certain people of certain things and well, history. Yeah. Shouldn't, not players, <laughs> shouldn't players have thicker skin and just ignore it? They should, but at the same time, I understand it. I understand you might react. I might understand you might get frustrated. But like you said, you're a player. Kyrie said, you know, you know, you can only take so much. Uh, he tries to keep his cool and all those things. He goes, we they expect us to be humble and take it while the fans can kind of just dish it out. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of home crowd hostility. Like they're going to try to get under your skin, no matter what they say. It's supposed to try to bother you. Well, it got to Kyrie, and he responded with flipping fans off the double bird behind his head before an inbound pass, making a crying gesture about their tears. Um, And then apparently at one point, either leaving the court or running down the court, he also, again, flipped the bird. Several times. Yeah, several times. He was fined $50,000 by the NBA for the gestures made. Second time Um, this season, by the way. Oh, was I? I Oh, yeah. $25,000 was his first fine. so. So he's definitely, you know not been letting things just go and doing his whole i'm going to be at peace with a lot of things like he tends to be with certain things um the flat earth and all that so just 
does telling a fan to S my C B is that inappropriate? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I figured it might be. And I get a fan might say that to him, but the fan's not getting paid 20 plus million dollars. Listen, I, I just, that is bizarre. He just can't, I don't know. He's I get it. Home. Guys are going to get said things. Certain things I get might bother you. If slurs and things were said, obviously I understand that setting people off because that is, there's no place for it. Trash talking to an extent. Obviously, like I said, if you cross a certain line, but you're always going to have people saying, you know, suck my C and all these different things, which again, are not great, but it happens. Nobody's getting tossed out over that usually. Well, you know, then it starts when he reacted, then the chance began. Well, and that's why I didn't get to see definite. the beginning of the game tonight, <laughs> but I can only imagine basically when he got introduced that the whole arena just had their the bird up. Yeah, and chanting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, chants broke out on Monday morning during the Red Sox game when they were losing. And like the ninth inning, Kyrie sucks chants broke out. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's not going away. It's <clears throat> going to be a thing that follows them throughout this whole entire series. Fans now know that they can get under Kyrie's skin, and that's exactly what they're going to do. They're just going to keep going after him and getting under his skin. And I can't really blame them for doing so. But yeah, just in general, what what do you think happens from here? Do you think there's any more incidents with Kyrie? And do you think any more is talked about this? Or do you think the media tries to keep talking and Kyrie just kind of says, I'm past that, we're, we're moving on? I don't know if he can move on because they are just going to be relentless. They are going to yeah. give it to him 10 times. That's why he has to not react. Because yeah. it's just going to pile on. And the later the game, the more alcoholic adult beverages people have, <laughs> it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It is. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, in the game tonight, I can tell you, at least at the moment, not having a great game. He only yeah. has six points and four rebounds. Uh, it's a weird game. Uh, as we talk about it, it's entering the third. So obviously we won't know the outcome by the end of the show. But it's a weird game. Uh, Goran Dragic and um, Bruce Brown are top scorers for the Nets, along with Kevin Durant. And then for the Celtics, Jason Tatum is struggling. The top scorer for them is Grant Williams. And that should just tell you all you need to know right there. When Grant Williams is your lead scorer going into halftime and entering the third quarter, there's some issues. But, again, Celtics won the first game. This game... I wouldn't doubt this series going six games at least, maybe all seven. I do hope the Celtics, you know, somehow pull it out. And that's just more so because I just don't think the Nets are a team. I just want Ben Simmons to lose at this point because he might come back in game four. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's somebody that's kind of cheated the way through the season this year with all the different things from the mental health stuff, which again, mental health is a serious thing. I don't really know with his case, how much was it? Like if he was traded at the beginning of the season, there's a part of me that pretty much believes he's, he's playing most of that season. And that's not how it worked. Cause then all of a sudden when he was with the nets, he somehow had this back issue pop up. So who quite knows what's going on, but again, that's besides the point. Um, just hope the Nets win. Besides that, the other series I do want to touch on, because there's plenty, we don't, we're not going to touch on every single playoff series because, well, we're just not. That's just how it is right now. The it Sixers is. are going to roll probably past the Raptors. And that's really the only series I can see being a sweep, maybe the Heat over the Hawks. But besides those two series, the one I want to focus on is, Paul, who did you say was going to win the NBA title? Or who did you at least, who did you have coming out of the West, at least I should say? I had the Celtics and the Suns. That's right. And I had the Suns as well. I actually had the Suns winning it all. I figured they are the team to beat. They have yeah. been the team to beat. Well, now we have to see if they can beat the Pelicans because they have an injury that is going to be pretty De- detrimental. Uh, Devin Booker was having a career game, had 31 points in the first half of the game of game two on Tuesday night. Third quarter starts, and he goes to try to stop a dunk, comes down, basically grabs at his leg. 
seems like he tweaked his hamstring enough that he is most likely missing games three and four now, which are both in New Orleans. New Orleans came back to win the game last night. So the series is tied. So it's not even like Phoenix has a few games cushion. This is a best of five series now. And the Suns are down their most, most lethal scorer. And I feel like if you were going to have somebody go down for the Suns that they would still survive, Chris Paul going down was more survivable than Devin Booker going down. The Suns are eight and six the past two years without Devin Booker. Uh, they did quite fine without Chris Paul when they didn't have him for like a month and a half. So not quite sure. What do you think is going to, I don't know. No, I'm not looking for major analysis here, but how do you think this affects him? Do you think the Suns still being this number one team that just kind of ran through the season as this alpha dog top team? Do you think they just figure out the way to beat what was a nine seed New Orleans Pelicans who barely got into the playoffs? Well, according to the coach, they're just going to, they're, they're going to just do what they need to do and they'll win. You're taking this game back to New Orleans and you have a team that's pumped up. I, I, Devin Booker is a major cog in that wheel. And I just, they, they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, They've got some fighting to do. They do have some fighting to do. It's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens in that game. The next one is Friday. Uh, he has a history of hamstring injuries too. It's not just like a thing that randomly popped up. He had it happen last year in the NBA finals, but he didn't tell anybody. Um, he's had a few issues throughout the years of just hamstring tightness and missing three or four games here and there. And this is when he cannot miss that many games. It's going to be interesting. I thought he was in for like a 70 point game last night with how he was shooting the ball. And the fact that after he shot a ball and fell to the ground, he dapped up a baby. He had a baby fist bumped on the sidelines when he was sitting on his bum. He landed right next to a little baby and the mom was holding <laughs> him and the baby just stuck its fist out and he and the baby fist bumped and it was adorable and you were like a sons by a million at this point yeah every now everyone thinks he's wonderful and then boom injury uh completely changes the dynamics of this series because it was essentially a three versus three not to take away from anybody else on the suns or the pelicans but it was basically a big three of chris paul devin booker and deandre ayton versus brandon ingram cj mccullum and jonas valanchunas I think I just said that name right. Um, sometimes <laughs> than I, me. Well, I think it's Valentinus. Valentine. I think Valentinus is correct. I'm not going to keep debating this with myself. Um, and if you looked at those, you would take the Suns' big three every time. Granted, Ingram, McCollum, and Joval, as I'll call him for short, because that's his nickname that he goes by, uh, are very good. But the other three are just much more cohesive and they seem to just play off each other's strengths very well. And it works for them. Now you take one of those parts out. It is very much, it's much more even now. And I know it's the next man up mentality, but the next man up is like Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit. And they are just, they're just not the same. <laughs> it's not quite the same type of guy that Devin Booker can be for you any given night. Doesn't belong. <laughs> So we will see Friday will be a very good idea of what exactly could be the outcome there. And hopefully for the Pelicans uh, or not for the Pelicans, hopefully for at least the Suns case, they can either keep it close or at least get a solid feel of what rotations and things may work for them. So besides that, that's the NBA news. The last thing we got to talk about, Paul, is the fact that in the NFL, another big name is now saying, trade me. This is becoming a thing. It's not becoming it's, a thing. It's a thing. It's Yeah, it's become a thing. Whether you're a quarterback, wide receiver, it doesn't seem to matter. Everybody's asking for big money and for trades. I can only imagine the next time the CBA for the NFL is coming up and just how disastrous it could end up being for them with money because my goodness, everybody wants the big deal. And a lot of them get it. That's the th crazy thing about it. a lot of them are getting it. The next one that wants a big deal is Debo Samuel, the 49er, Mr. Do it all. He can be your wide receiver. He can be your running back. He, I think threw a few passes this year, but he has been everything for the San Francisco 49ers. And he was basically the main reason they were where they were last year 
in the playoffs because he just does it all. And I, I know they have George Kittle and all that, but still, he is literally just a guy that, let's see, he was a triple threat in 2021. He was the first player since 1999 and just the third in NFL history to at least have 1,000 receiving yards, five touchdown receptions, and five touchdown rushes. He was a wide receiver. I believe the other two guys that did it were running backs, Marshall Falk in 1999, and then another 49er, Roger Craig in 1985. So he has reasons to kind of be like, hey, I deserve the money. He also is apparently unhappy with how he was used. He didn't like the fact maybe that he was basically told do everything for us because, well, it puts himself at risk more by doing a lot more things and getting hit a lot more often. So he's requesting a trade. Uh, you have guys like Devontae Adams who got $28.5 million per season on an extension after getting traded. Tyreek Hill, who got an average of 30 after getting traded. And then Stefan Diggs got a huge deal from the Bills. He didn't get traded, but he got a huge deal. So now we have Bosa saying, trade me, and I want a new deal. The question is, do we think things get figured out, Paul? Do the 49ers figure it out? Because they're willing to give the money but it sounds like he just doesn't also want to be there. He really sounds like he doesn't want to be there. He's not getting too in-depth, but I, it's another one of those, why would you keep him? Um, but he's got the goods, though. He can. Somebody's going to want the guy. He's, he's a free agent in 2023? Yes. That, yeah, so. It's, it's a, it's the, right now, the big talk is three big wide receivers that are all – Second round picks that are waiting for their big deals is besides Debo Samuel, AJ Brown on the Titans, Seattle's DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, who are all primed for big deals because they're all on the four-year deal only. They don't get the fifth-year rookie type deals if you're a first rounder. Um, So a lot of guys that people are waiting to either hear get this huge deal or get traded to a team that will give it to them. Uh, Hey, this too will play out. I don't know. The question is, do you think they convince him to stay? No, I don't think they do. He's got, I think he has his mindset. Stop negotiate. No negotiations. Well, why do you, th- <laughs> what, what is it besides, because they're willing to get the besides money. the what social would- media nonsense. He no, but- changed his picture on his, uh, the f- one of his social media accounts. The 49ers have said, you know, I think they're basically saying have said or come out in some way of saying we're willing to give him the money. So what if it's not the money? Why wouldn't he want to stay in San Francisco? So I think I've got this one, Greg. You, you, something clicked in the head. Yeah. So you've got a quarterback that may or may not be playing next year, and you got a rookie, Trey Lance. That's an unknown. Do you want to take a chance, or do you want to get traded to a team that has a quarterback with an arm that can hit his targets? I don't know. I that could be a big piece of the pie. You trying to say Jimmy G is not a reliable quarterback, nor is Trey Lance, who people have said is not actually as, you know, maybe mentally prepared and known to be ready anytime soon. Um, I'm saying that my Jimmy G is Mr. Bad shoulder, isn't it? His shoulder or his knee or his it's elbow every, or it's his hangnail. Uh, he's a mess. So would have loved him to be healthy and stay in new England, but that didn't happen. So so now they De- got Trey Lance as a backup. And does Debo end up in New England? Ooh. No, Bill Belichick's not gonna one give the money and two give up picks to get him and then give him the money. This is not gonna happen. If he does, I will eat my words. I will put them on a piece of paper and literally eat them. I think well, well I'd love it, but I mean, how oh, how wonderful would that be? And that kid's got an arm. That's yeah, but Trey Lance. Mm, let's see. I mean, it's going to take a first-round pick, maybe two first-round picks. I don't know if there's any team I can think of that has two first-round picks that could also use a wide receiver. Oh, wait, the Philadelphia Eagles have two first-round picks and could use the wide receiver. So we'll see. There's plenty of teams that are going to be out there. You have the Saints. You have the Eagles, the Colts. Like, there have been already, like, about 10 teams listed that could be interested in Devo Samuel's services. Uh, The biggest and one that would be the most – Game changing would be Green Bay has been floated out there. And my goodness, if he went to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers would be perfectly happy and content with what has happened this year. Wow, that would be a move. 
it would be of a move. So Green Bay, hey, maybe actually, you know, consider just mortgaging your franchise for the next two years because you already gave Rodgers all the money. Why not give first round picks up so you don't have to, you know, pay those contracts and just give the money to Devo? Just saying. Just a thought. I, think I don't even the- like the Packers. I don't want the Packers, but I'm an Eagles fan. But I'm just saying that logically makes a lot of sense. If you're going to do it, go out and get a guy that can seriously help you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's the NFL news with Debo. I'm sure next week it'll be AJ Brown or <laughs> uh, Who's next on the Gary list? Terry or somebody. We'll find that's out. Probably nine people called their agents and said... Delby. I've actually heard Russell yeah. Wilson's like, "Hey, trade me out of Denver now, just for just for uh, fun. I want to get traded again this offseason. It just seems like the thing to do." <laughs> I think you know what they should do every year: just fantasy football draft, just literally fantasy football draft. The first twenty picks you set, you take the top top twenty best players on your team, contract wise, they get thrown into a draft, and GMs just then go go round robin it and. Snake draft style. That would how much fun would that be? And you get what you get. Could you imagine though? Like you you have a 52 man roster, uh 32, your 32 worst contracts are safe every year, and then your top 20 talented players get thrown into a mix. And they could 20 round, anything. 20 rounds. Guys have to, you know, figure out, oh, okay, well, we lost our left tackle, so who's a good left tackle? We need a quarterback, though, also. Like, every quarterback would be on a new team every year, essentially. It would just be – I think that would be the most fascinating way to ever do it. That would be a very uh, interesting way. And also, think about it this way. Do you start then giving big contracts to your bad guys so your good guys don't fall into it? <laughs> think of the strategies that could happen here. It would be fantastic. All right, Josh, we're going to sign you to a $500 million deal, but you're going to get $495 million of it when you retire. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't retire for 20 years. (laughs) And uh, like, we'll secretly give it to you, but like, we're going to say we're not. (laughs) Maybe that solves all the issues. I I want to get traded. Well, you don't really have to ask for a trade, but uh, remember the fantasy draft every year. You're going to be on somebody else's team next year. You're going to be Cleveland's problem next year. Can you imagine? It, everyone would have to have a scorecard even at home. You wouldn't even know who your players are. You would just have to have tearaway jersey that yeah. just have the number, but you peel it off and stick the new guy on. You just buy I the little patch. Master, oh, now I love you, Tom Brady. Oh God, again. Oh, hey, we got Tom Brady. <laughs> I got, it, would just, it would just be a fun. I think it would be be a great way. To, Maybe that's what they should do that in that be, new football league. They should, maybe. But that'll, I mean, that'll do it, Paul. Do you have anything else to add to the show this week? Do I have anything to add? Um, well, do we want to talk about the retirement? Retirement? Jay Wright. Oh, I was like, the retirement? What retirement? Uh, yes, Jay Wright. I, I forgot that happened as we were recording the show that it popped <laughs> up. That the breaking news that Jay Wright, Villanova coach of 21 years, is going to apparently announce his retirement, which is weird. I thought when you announce your retirement after being at a prestigious school, winning multiple national titles and all these different things, you were supposed to have this gigantic big blowout the whole year of how great you are. And everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Nope. Quietly just, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done and I'm leaving. And, but, you know, he's got his final four, his, his, his playoffs. He's gotten in two championships. How about a record of 520 and 197? Yeah, he's had a great he's had a great run. Really a great run. So congratulations. It's been very impressive what he's done with Villanova. And I think I forget, I have to look up exactly how old he is because every time I see how old he is, I I think he turned 60. Is it? He's either 61 or 62. He is 60. He turned 60 the day before Christmas. And so I actually thought he was like in his early 50s. So Good on him. College stress has not gotten to him. But yeah. I wonder, I wonder he, if he told his daughter first. <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> Didn't pull Brian Kelly. At least, at least with that one, uh, you know, it wasn't I'm moving to a different school. It was I'm retiring. That's yeah, a little better that's than true. Uh, I'm going home. <laughs> that's a little better than hey, 
I know we're at a super prestigious school that pays me a lot of money, but I'm going to now go to another school in a different conference just because. <laughs> don't, hey, I don't know. Hey, Ed Orgeron, who was the LSU coach, um, was at Notre Dame recently. I think his son's either coached there or something, but he was like there just to hang out or something. And he basically came out saying Notre Dame's going to win the national championship this year. And I was like, all right, if, if Ed Orgeron says it, I'm going to believe it. I'm just going with it. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe J- I don't know if Jay Wright's going to get a puppy uh, like Coach Katie got from his players at his post at his retirement ceremony after having about multiple t- retirement ceremonies. He had another one. He had another retirement ceremony and they gave him a puppy. <laughs> puppy. Oh my God. I hope the hell they asked him first. I, I don't think they did. Imagine. Oof. But yeah, he got a puppy. So Other than that, Greg, th- I'm, uh, that. I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out this week for sports. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. Uh, as we are signing off, I will give you a quick update. Uh, the game is much closer now between the Nets and the Celtics. So who knows? It'll hopefully be another great finish. It was 79-75 as we speak at 8.55 on a Wednesday night. <laughs> so, Paul, thank you as always for joining me. Thank, thank you. you, everybody else, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for 12 on sports. As we always say, for giving us the opportunity to talk and do our show. Um, I, I do want to say shout out heartfelt shout out to the man who runs 12 on sports Beck, AKA the janitor, uh, had to put down his furry friend this week. So thoughts out to him. Never easy. Though it feels like a part of the family. So shout out to him. Uh, cheers to your pup, uh, running in the fields of heaven now. So, Thoughts with him, because again, like we said, never easy to lose a furry loved one. But besides that, thanks again for tuning in. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, as Paul likes to say. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Sports Dance. And yeah, if you want to, follow Paul at SidekickPaul83 on Twitter for those random once-a-year tweets that just, you never know what it's going to be. But it's My there. New Year's resolution is two tweets this year. You say two tweets per like week, and I was gonna be like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> just tweeting out the show when it comes out would just be, you know, a step in the right direction. There we go. That's it. That's <laughs> there you go. That's I might it. just have to start sending you a link That's every my day, every third time. Of the way through the year resolution. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. That'll do it for us, though. Again, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you next week. The Sports Sports Dance. Dance.